0: It's Monday. It's time to recap the week 11 slate. We won't be talking about low ball that got lost in the shuffle spags. What else do we have on tap today? We have
1: so much to talk about with low ball week 11 this week, a tough three men. We'll talk about the results. If you missed it on our splash play pod handle, we're also going to catch them in all the week 11 highlights, some massive performances that broke the slate that we are going to cover at great depth. We're going to do the week 12 waiver wire. And of course we got to welcome some people to the family and do Monday night football giants bucks preview. So, Pete, let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, the former lowball king, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete?
0: Um... You know, I'm a, I'm a little salty with the low ball. I knew it was going to be bad when I took the 20 pointer on Kenny Gainwell being inactive. I was it was going to go downhill. And then Jonathan Taylor just absolutely shoving it down my face. So uh, I deserved it. You know, it goes to show it, it's, it's how everything works in life, right? The watch pot doesn't boil when you want to be the low ball king and you actually try and do research is when you have your worst week. I need to just go back to not giving
1: a shit about anything. <sighs> Yeah, it is funny, though, in our lowball lineups. And uh, we can talk about this briefly here. you got to get the shout out to, of course, the Island Mortgage King himself. Brian Schultz has proven himself once again to be the lowball master. He has beaten us both here. And Pete, here's where we messed up this week. You played Jonathan Taylor. I played Justin Jefferson. So we not only did this poorly, we played two of the highest scorers of the year in our lowball lineups.
0: Yeah, I mean the the only thing we're missing
1: here was uh,
0: you know, a low ball showdown lineup with Austin Eckler in it. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty disaster here. Uh I mean I took the oh, I didn't even realize I took the twenty did Taysom Hill register a snap?
1: I think he played a snap or two. I mean, I'm honestly not sure. I just kind of assumed that he snuck it at some point. I was actually watching a lot of the Eagles game, but if anybody in chat knows, I think I would still count it. Like he was available. I don't know. I feel like, so. The- but <laughs>
0: if let's just say if he didn't, um, yeah. and then you, you have to add 40 points to my score. That would mean my low ball <laughs> score this week was 180.4. Wait,
1: so I didn't see your, your catch up video with how you performed this week. Was, was this one of your better lineups on the week?
0: Uh, this, oh yeah, no, this okay. was better. So we did have a nice second place finish with one of our tilt space lineups. So that okay. salvaged the week, but on my own, uh, I did not have anything over one forty. <laughs> and that's with <laughs> a zero at two
1: spots. That's how good Jonathan Taylor is. That is a brutal one. Well, it was a tough week, and we're going to talk about it all coming up in a second. But first of all, whether you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, make sure to hit that like button. Of course, make sure to give us a follow as well at Splash Play Pods. So you'll know whenever we're doing shows, we're going to have a little bit of a wonky schedule this week because of the holiday, but normally doing a Monday, Thursday, Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So come hang out with us, but always follow the handle so you'll know what's going on. Sometimes even uh, the lowball announcements like that one that came through over the weekend. Also, make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Great data on there. Data that draft Kings doesn't pay for it, but they keep putting in notifications so you can fight back and say, hey, no more DraftKings. I'm going to give them my money and in response to you hurting Spags's brain with these notifications every day. But go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 99 cents a week, Pete. And um, as you can tell, Pete, my, my battle with DraftKings is really taken a turn.
0: No, I, I mean, I like it. I, I like the idea of this heightening every
1: week until you're you know threatening them and it gets very litigious just with the natural plugs in this show. It's funny because like I'm spending so much money on DraftKings now between the DK sportsbook and DraftKings itself. And on the call today, like we had a we had a big management meeting for the company, the parent company of Football Outsiders and Edge Sports. And I was like, look, I don't want to send a C and D to DraftKings, but it's fucked up. They're quoting DVOA every single like legit like two times on Sundays. They'd be like, according to rushing DVOA, they don't even say where it's from. It's not just a magic number that comes out of the air, Pete. Um
0: sounds rough uh but uh, speak hang on i's not to get distracted but how is your how is your sports betting been going i mean you dropped a huge nba prop bet card in the in the discord mm-hmm. last week uh how, how's it been going
1: so, yesterday, I will admit, was a bit of a beating. Um, overall, up 3.2%, was up 15% going into yesterday. Uh, but it's, you know, it's taking the, as I mentioned in, on the last show that we did, and I also mentioned in the Discord, basically taking the uh, bets that are just inefficient lines. Pinnacle is going to be the sharpest sports book out there. So, if you're weighing it against your FanDuel sports books, that one, they'll have some wildly off lines, but then catch them and correct them pretty fast. DK Sportsbook will have some lines that are like pretty off, and you can get in there. Fox Bet, though, I got verified there, haven't deposited yet, Pete. Fox Bet might be run by actual chimpanzees, from what I can tell, where they have lines where they're like they're plus one fifty on a Demontis Sabonis rebound prop that Pinnacle's got at minus ten, that DK Sportsbook has minus one ten rather. So like. I don't know. I'm going to keep pushing it. I'm going to keep getting more sports book in the mix as you're supposed to do. But it's definitely something like I see why this will be profitable over time. But it's like crazy. I'm 25 and 28. So like technically losing and I'm being completely agnostic, not using any of my, my football knowledge or my basketball knowledge to vet these picks out. But it's like, I'm up a good enough amount here. And if I were wagering even more per bet, uh, you would go up. So I think that's just, that's the math that we talk about, Pete. Just great data here. And me and those Stanford grads that I'm stealing this idea from, (laughs) we're all crushing with our returns. Oh, wow. Yeah. How the tables have turned. Don't steal our DVOA, but I will steal from you, Stanford grads. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I look there. I don't know. You know, they don't they don't know. They don't care. They're happy to do. (laughs) They're making enough money, I think, selling memberships of their site. But either way, no free plugs here, but we got some free plugs for snap takes this week. We're going to talk about some of the big performances. And Pete mentioned this one. Jonathan Taylor just got to call this entire line out. 32 attempts, 185 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns, also three catches for 19 yards and a touchdown. 41-15, dismantling a Buffalo. The one ride or die pick I got right was the Colts winning by four and a half more points. And not only did they win by four and a half more, they actually, did you offer me even better line this too, where you are like, if they, no, this wasn't the game, but there was one bet you offered me on ride or die picks with Cooter Doodle, which was a great show if you guys missed it on Friday. um, They fucking smoked Buffalo. Like they completely obliterated them in a way that the books were not prepared for.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in the the Colts offensive line is good. Uh, I know the, uh, The defense for the Bills has been solid this year, but they were just able to do whatever they wanted on the ground. And then the Bills offense just hasn't been as potent uh, as they had been, you know, earlier in the season and specifically last year, too. So it was a tough spot for them playing from behind against a team that was able to just salt away a bunch
1: of the clock uh, through the running game. Did you, uh, so this is a question that I think you can actually ask now and maybe Christian McCaffrey being back and looking pretty spry in terms of his overall touch workload and uh, maybe Cam Newton taking enough off the table. He's not gonna have the same ceiling. Is Jonathan Taylor, RB one moving forward? Like, is he the guy that, I mean, I obviously it's too early to talk about next year, but is he a guy that's like the number one overall pick potentially next year? Is he the guy with no Derrick Henry that the rest of the year you would put in as the RB one? Cause I, I feel like it's getting hard to argue. I, I think he
0: is. Um, you know, I, I do think he is the best pure runner in the NFL, even different than, you know, uh, Derek Henry, like his breakaway speed at his size, he runs a legit four, three at that size. And so he is just one of the most kind of explosive backs we've seen. And now that they have basically committed to him as a full-time back, I mean, the workload concerns are gone. He's, he's game script proof, uh, and I mean, the Colts have one of the plushiest uh, playoff schedules too. So he's going to finish the fantasy playoff strong. And I think there are, you know, you look at McCaffrey and I guess the debate is, you know, whether they're still ramping him back up after being out or if this is just the new reality, but he's kind of locked into that, those 10 catches or 10 carries a game and he's getting six to seven targets, which is, which is very good. And he's very efficient with those touches, but we're not seeing like the 25 plus touch games from him that we used to see. And he honestly barely got there on Sunday. He caught that touchdown pass. It was a really nice play. And I hate doing the thing like, well, if you take away his touchdown pass, he actually wasn't, but just from a pure usage standpoint, uh, I do think I would prefer Jonathan Taylor straight up rest of season. And I do think you're looking at the de facto 101 uh in drafts next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is definitely one of those guys. I mean, he might make an appearance in an upcoming segment. I know, Pete, we view welcome to the family in different ways. But I think for me, it's more like I have slept on Jonathan Taylor because of Naheem Hines. I know you picked him in our ride or die picks uh, on the off chance that he might outscore Jonathan Taylor. And that used to happen, you know, a good amount last season. That's just not the case anymore. And it's just it's all Jonathan Taylor all the time. And I think, you know, coming to drafts, definitely some of the best balls I did. I did not file him away as being like, this is a guy who can get 30 touches in a game and get it with regularity. And, and maybe it's the Carson Wentz thing just trying to keep the ball out of his hands, keeping him from killing them. But he is just a, a focal part of an offense in a way that even guys like Dalvin Cook aren't. And, and I, I I just didn't see it coming, honestly.
0: Yeah, I was looking at his box score earlier because I was doing the first look salary review. By the way, he's 9,100 on the main slate uh, this week, which
1: you want to hear another crazy one? Cooper Cup is 9,600 this week. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it makes sense. No Woods and Odell looked terrible in his, his Rams debut, unfortunately for me, uh, after picking him as my showdown captain, ride or die picks. But uh egregious prices, Pete. And I, I do think when you get anything in football, these guys over 9K, you know, 10K, um, even Christian McCaffrey had a tough time paying off that freight when he was getting 30, you know, touches, including a good amount of targets per game. I will talk more about it later in the week, or I guess yeah, we'll talk more about it on Wednesday, but I just don't know how you could play these guys at those price tags.
0: Well, and that's what's crazy too. Cause I was on the show or I was on my lineup preview show this morning. And someone's like, well, this was the last time we get to play Jonathan Taylor. Cause he's going to be 35% owned every week going forward. And I'm like, I don't know, based on the pricing and then not to get too in the weeds with this, but like, I can already see how this week is going to go because it's the box Colts game that has the highest over under it's at 51. The Brady stuff is cheap. And then Michael Pittman's now 5,600. So everyone's going to roll out the Brady double stacks with Pittman bring back. And no one's going to pay up for Jonathan Taylor at 9,100. I can already see it happening.
1: Oh, that is that is a tough part of an extended football season. And DK pricing, I think, really being aggressive, trying to capture these guys. And speaking of, it's you guys that should take a big jump the next time the Chargers are on a main slate. Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert went absolutely nuts on Sunday Night Football. Pete uh, had Austin Eckler as a showdown winning captain, ended up paying off big time. 11 rushes for 50 yards, two touchdowns for Eckler as well as 65 receiving yards and two touchdowns on seven targets. Uh, Herbert goes for 382 yards, three touchdowns, also runs it nine times for 90 yards. I don't know what happened. I know we've talked about Brandon Staley, uh, Edge Sports, the part of our parent company as well, uh, does talk a lot about the coach rankings and how Brandon Staley has been so aggressive on fourth downs, also doing a good job maximizing talent. But the Chargers, if they can figure this out and get this kind of production regularly, Mike Williams also getting some big plays, getting going finally after a, a rough few weeks for him. The charters are a really tough team, Pete. That I don't know. I don't know if they will capture that ceiling week to week, but aggressive play calling and figuring out that you just got to really bank on Herbert Neckler and also, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. There's a lot of ways they can beat you. Yeah, I mean, this Chargers team, it, I mean, it they they
2: should
0: be one of the funnest, you know, fantasy teams week in and week out. And you see like the highs and the lows. I, I remember that game against the Browns a few weeks back. That was just a total shootout where they almost scored 50 points. And then they'll go and just get clobbered by the Ravens the next week. So they've always been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team, but they have the personnel to just be an awesome fantasy offense I mean Mike Williams and Keenan Allen perfectly complement each other Austin Eckler is the exact type of back you want in this modern day NFL and Justin Herbert's really good so um, yeah they're they're a fun team and uh, again another little tease on a guy who's too price too cheap on this main slate Mike Williams is down to
1: 5700 he's going to be a pretty popular play that is like I don't what are they doing (laughs) like kind of I have not dug into the salaries yet I, I do save that for the back half of the week and I know you're doing it very early Pete but like I just don't, I don't understand that. Honestly, like Mike Williams was at one point in the year, he was like 8,500. Yeah. Uh, well the only quirk that
0: actually accounts for it is the salaries, uh, are set before the Sunday night performance. Mm-hmm. And so because his usage had kind of, you know, trickled down, but then you get these really weird anomalies. Uh, sorry, to, I'm just, this is all fresh in my head, but like another one coming in in tonight, Saquon 6,300. So if Saquon on his return pops off tonight, like, he's going to be mega chalk uh,
1: next week. So it is interesting how those those pricing dynamics shake out. Uh, Justin Jefferson, another low ball star for us. Eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns on 10 targets. Aaron Rodgers, we talked about this exact scenario on Friday's show with Cooter Doodle, ends up throwing for 385 yards, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams goes seven for 115 and two touchdowns on eight targets. A.J. Dillon is perfectly fine, Pete, but I think this is the one thing obviously you know we do the show we try to have fun here we also try to make sure we know what we're talking about as people uh regularly playing a lot of money in DFS and fantasy in general and I feel like Pete this is exactly what we talk about with DFS where if everybody is going one way everybody's saying AJ Dillon's so great if you just went with a a traditional Aaron Rodgers double stack run back with somebody you would have had the nuts line up there with both Devontae Adams and MVS. and you know certainly you could have gone Lazard you could have gone some other ways that wouldn't have been quite as good Randall Cobb but I do feel like that was really DFS in a nutshell that game yesterday where Justin Jefferson was under 5% owned. People weren't going Rodgers and Adams way nearly enough or as much as they should. Definitely not as much as A.J. Dillon, who perfectly fine, but just didn't get the touchdown equity. Yeah, that was our, our
0: best lineup, our tilt space lineup. We went, uh, we didn't go with the quarterback in that game, but ran out Devontae Adams and then both Vikings receivers, Thielen and Jefferson. And it, it absolutely crushed just getting on, on that game. And all the best lineups I saw yesterday were obviously super concentrated On that game, MBS having 11 targets there with Lazard out was a really nice play. I wish I would have considered more in my lineups. But yeah, watching Jefferson and Devontae Adams just trade blows going back and forth. That game was pretty fun.
1: And it's, it's definitely something to just keep in mind out there when we hear, uh, whether you're on watching this show or watch some other shows in the industry, and you hear everybody talking about the same player, talking about an AJ Dillon, like he can be as solid as you would expect a guy filling in for Aaron Jones to be. But just because you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who has a real ceiling, Adams has a ceiling. We know uh, MVS has had a a tough starts of the year, but certainly was getting the air yards. There was a really logical pivot point to make and people just didn't make it enough. And thankfully, I guess Pete did uh, one lineup here that, that helped make up his week, but Overall, just something to keep in mind when you hear this talked about a lot, uh, just from DFS strategy. If you're putting in one lineup, go the other way and make it count. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I was uh, Pete, as I mentioned, was hanging out with one of my new pals here, one of our viewers, who uh, helped show me a good time in the greater Philadelphia area and uh, was at a bar full of Eagles fans, Pete, as Jalen Hurts went for 147 passing yards, runs the ball 18 times for 69 yards, a very nice number, as well as three touchdowns. And I got to say, Pete, Eagles fans seeming very happy with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I was laughing thinking about all of the, you know, talk radio guys that probably were trying to run him out of town two weeks ago that now are like, oh, no, he's incredible. Uh, and it, it was weird because the past three weeks before this game, I mean, I don't think he had had a game over like 16 or 17 DraftKings points, but uh, the thesis of the play was intact there uh, with that massive day rushing and they're now using him a ton around the goal line. So, yeah, a- another guy who's going to be extremely popular this week without, you know, Josh Allen, Mahomes uh and Lamar Jackson on the main slate. Uh he looks
1: like a- an awesome play. And I guess the question I would have for you, it's five out of the last six games Jalen Hurts 10 or more rushes 18 rushes for a quarterback is an egregious amount. Like I think Lamar, maybe that's a, I would actually need to go through the fantasy cruncher numbers here, and actually maybe I might do that when I, when Pete starts to talk. But I think like that's an outrageous amount of rushes. And I, the question I would have normally you are trying to stack up your QB with at least one receiver. Is Jalen Hurts naked? Just the move now. I, I mean, as not literally, but maybe literally too, given how much people are willing to fillet him now in the greater
0: Philadelphia area. Yeah, you're really uh, trying to you're trying to get... Never mind. I'm going to stop myself there. Um, uh, One of us has to. <laughs> I think you just have to be price sensitive. So I thought Devonta Smith was priced up too high heading into this week, but Goddard looked actually pretty good to me. Um, and he was also going to be low owned this week because he had the concussion uncertainty. So I thought in that situation, it made sense, but I do agree with you in general. He is not a guy you have to force the double stack. If you don't like how the prices and the ownership is shaking out for those guys, you could definitely run him skinny and, or naked. And I also think, there's a lot of now good uh, teams where it makes sense to do that. Like the Vikings are the perfect example. I, that Our best lineup had Huntley where we just fully punted it off at 4,100 and then jammed in those high end guys. So swapping in hurts over some of those more, you know, statue cheap pocket passers, the Matt Ryan types, if you're, you know, wanting to stack up Falcons, I think that stuff is incredibly viable.
1: Yeah, being aware of the rushing equity, and uh, I was—I remember that there was one Lamar outlier day. So for the most part, that Jalen Hurts day would be higher than everything else Lamar has. But he did run twenty-one times for one hundred twenty yards against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. So that is uh, Lamar still running more than anybody else out there. But when you see those numbers, you just got to know these guys have the gigantic ceilings. Uh, yeah, you know, just getting there on their feet can be something that's very noteworthy. And it happened yesterday for Jalen Hurts. Um, last note for me, and uh, Pete, you might have some more you want to talk about. But Elijah Moore, the breakout game—I think you put him on the thumbnail. Eight catches, one hundred. 141 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. They did lose 24-17 to Miami uh, to a very unimpressive first half. Ended up salvaging, thankfully for me, down the stretch. Not quite enough to get into the Millie Maker winning lineup. But I guess the question I'm going to have for you in this one, Pete, is Joe Flacco going to be worth playing if Zach Wilson misses more time? I was watching some of the broadcasts. They were saying that they might just not want to play Zach Wilson, given that he was running pretty bad prior to that injury. Clearly, they fell out of favor with Mike White really fast. Flacco looked not bad, certainly didn't get the win, but was doing enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting excited to start Joe Flacco. He's actually the perfect candidate. Like, if you are wanting to play, you know, Elijah Moore and, I don't know, you're tossing in Corey Davis or something because you like that and then, you know, stack up uh, them with a rushing quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, Flacco's serviceable, right? Like, he he's a competent quarterback that can make, you know, easy throws and not just completely sink you and uh to now have a playmaker like elijah moore who you know way back in the off season i mean he was the rookie that was getting the most buzz um everyone said he was the best player at jets camp you know throughout august and it seemed like you know what's going on here is this a donovan people's jones hype in the preseason kind of thing or is he the real deal and it is starting to look like he's a player that can command targets and I- i'm
1: excited to see how he finishes this is one weird aberration too with the the game. I went to obviously uh, everywhere and honestly, everywhere in Philadelphia loves fucking every Philadelphia team. So that's the first observation I have. Second of all was that um, with well, a guy who I was meeting up with that told me that Joe Flacco is a, a native, I guess of that area of New Jersey and um, the bar would cheer every time the jets did something well. So there was like, insane Eagles uh, obsession, uh, including having conversations with people about how Randall Cunningham would be a uh, top QB now, which I do believe. Uh, but then they, they would just be randomly like, oh, Joe Flacco, woo, and <laughs> do something. And it's very cognitively dissonant, Pete, where I did not know Joe Flacco Who had anywhere on earth, I guess, besides Baltimore, uh, that would look at him and go like, this is the guy I need to be really excited if he does anything positive on a TV.
0: Yeah, I remember I had in, uh, in college uh, some, was he... I'm trying to think if that was, if he was playing, yeah, that, but I had some guys from Delaware and he went to university of Delaware and they were just like big Joe Flacco guys. So I think that entire corner of the Eastern seaboard, uh, will forever love, uh, Joe Flacco. And of course, you know, your former colleague, uh, PFT commenter, you know, uh, cementing him as a meme as the elite Joe Flacco that just never seems to die.
1: Yeah. And I, I will say if you go, I honestly, I think it was Audubon was the part of New Jersey that I was in. So if you go there, just know that if you talk shit about Joe Flacco, he lives there and like walks around. And um, apparently I was told also <laughs> there's uh, just a curb your enthusiasm bit. I'm not making this judgment call. I was told that Joe Flacco's wife, perhaps not befitting what the expectation would be of a multi multi-millionaire Super Bowl winning QB, but that's like a high, they view that as a high character thing, much like the episode of Curb your Enthusiasm where Larry talked about. If you have a guy with a, a wife that is, you know, perhaps less attractive than he is that he's a, a guy to watch out for Pete uh, comment
0: <laughs> um no my last my last comment is why are you still being so
1: sneaky with this splash play viewer who took you out do I know this person I I think they're in your deposit kingdom but I don't know if you know them that well
0: so th- I mean what it what is going on here just what just say their username and in, in the
1: no, again I as a journalist Pete I did go to journalism <laughs> school at USC even though I did major in public relations you don't give away your sources that's day
0: one stuff <laughs> What do they say about calling out other companies for, you know, soft stealing your data during your plugs? They say a great idea. <laughs> and when,
1: when you should,
0: Everybody should be doing more, I think all right i'll keep hunting reveal yourself if you're the one fucking taking spags out on the town (laughs) tell me where you're gonna swing by boston take me out to brunch (laughs) you have
1: you have your own legal alternatives there pete some of us have to work within the systems that our states are giving us uh do we want any other notes for yourself i feel like i tried to just keep it to the big stories this week but there might be something more native to you that you want to bring to the people as a snap take
0: um no i'm i'm scrolling through uh throw my notes and I feel like we hit on all the big stuff I mean that Bengals game and the Chiefs game really flopped Mm. from a fantasy perspective I guess a couple interesting things I I thought maybe Darrell Williams was hold on to his job a little bit more and CH kind of just came right back to the role he had so the team is not throwing in the towel on CH despite you know uh, Darrell Williams looking much better in in his absence
1: yeah, that, that Cowboys effort was not the most inspiring for me as somebody that's mostly not rooting for them and definitely not rooting out loud while in Philadelphia area establishments. But uh, I was definitely pretty bummed with that one. The Lamar thing was also a weird one too, like last minute. I mean, Marquise Brown was ruled out. He was my uh, one of my rider die picks, swapped into Rashad Bateman. Um, I didn't see Bateman's ownership, but I know he was probably going to be pretty chalky. But that game was overall just kind of an odd one. And I, I felt like the Ravens didn't look much worse. And Devonta Freeman is like a very resurgent player in a way that I feel like a lot of it. NFL teams could have used them yeah
0: jj had a stat that i put in the newsletter his first four games 2.7 points per game over the last five games uh 13.9 ppr points per game so yeah he's coming on uh, pretty solid they don't seem to uh have any interest in using uh tyson williams so yeah devonta freeman uh is going to be a solid play down the
1: stretch Yep. So that, that sums up week 11 pretty well. And if you guys have anything else, feel free to drop it in chat. People also claiming uh, credit for being a big spags guy offering me uh, to be clear that it's, it's not anybody in the chat, Pete. The mystery will have to remain for you forever. You'll never know who's who's being nice to me on the internet in real life. <laughs> yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> do you want to do the waiver wire or do you want to do welcome to the family first? Yeah, That this is the problem with the welcome
0: is it kind of like intertwines with all of our our recap our waiver wire there's lots of moving dynamics here um i think we do i think we do welcome to the family specs all right well the good news pete
1: is there's always a pizza box ready in my houses where i still don't have my my bit material still don't have my hat and my my mafioso tie but it's time to welcome people to the family and pete do you want to play your intro first or do you want me to do the lead up
0: No, no no guys we have something very special it is time for Welcome to the Family.
2: Welcome to the Family CD. Chefale! what balls on this guy, I'm shit. He's going to take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to the Family. We're going to welcome you to the Family. Get in here, get in here.
1: Family? is that our family at the end.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the next step is to photo uh, Photoshop our faces onto you know, Mario and Luigi.
1: Did you make this, or did you have one of your no, one of your under- Luke,
0: Luke uh, who edits some videos for me, uh, took a stab at that, and he did an
1: awesome job with it. So he did. I liked the lassoing the meatball with spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. That's a cowboy Italian move, but if as you can tell, one of our cherished bits here, welcome to the family. Uh, we are going to bring Italian culture back into the mainstream as as me. And I guess you would would you be Toad or Princess Peach? I'll take Peach. Princess Pete, I would prefer you to call it. <laughs> Princess Pete and I are going to welcome some hey, people hey. to the family. We've got a lot of options this week, Pete, And I almost feel like after all the hard work you did uh, getting that video that lovely video, very, very respectful of my culture, very, <laughs> very encouraging for us. If you want to go first, Pete, this week, I'm going to allow it, because that's what family's all about.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that, Spag. It's always hard to know which kind of version of the
0: Italian accent I'm going to do when I start talking, but I kind of roll with it. Sometimes you end up talking
2: like an old lady. It just what fucking happens, okay? But I want to welcome... Someone way off the board here. I guarantee you got a list a mile long of people you want to welcome into the family. This guy's not on it. This is a Pete special, a gem. Someone who's coming in, and this is one, Mr. Trent Williams. Okay, I know fantasy very upset. They want to welcome Jeff Wilson Jr. They want the fantasy points, but my guy, this offensive tackle, 450 pounds of fucking meatballs just bursting from his gut. They run, they're running fades for him in the end zone, Spags. It's the most beautiful thing I see. We need to destigmatize big guys not getting targets in the end zone Trent williams you're a receiver in my eyes okay it's a very slimming look on you please never change welcome to the family goodness no kisses through his helmet i feel like that's usually the thing you like to open up with you kiss the guys through the helmet because that's just part of part of italian culture nothing sensual about it Here's the thing, okay, about the kissing is I started kissing all these guys and then they left the family. They said they didn't want anything to do. So I'm trying to tone down. I'm trying to get to know them. In a few weeks, I'll be sticking my tongue down Trent Williams mouth, (laughs) rest assured is very consensual kisses in 2021 that's a very important part of being in the family speaking of guys i'm gonna welcome the family
1: this guy i've been touting him all year long actually no i've been not doubting him until this week and then i was like finally he's due elijah moore's less is more this week for both him and rondale two guys coming through in major ways joe flacco a true paisan big bushy eyebrows that's what we needed to unlock elijah moore didn't need pretty boy zach wilson with his mother's so my own super annoying she is huh give a kiss on the cheek which will turn into tiktok videos but elijah moore joe flacco at qb finally comes through and i think pete after you've been touting this guy all the all the while until the cows came home he comes through here
2: and i think as a result we got immediately give him give him some kisses because he wants him he's so excited to be a part of the family you know what yesterday was like for me? It's like when grandma's cooking that spaghetti and meatballs because it's DJ, it's Elijah, it's Rondell, it's Grandma more, 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 okay. That's what was going on. All the Moors hit yesterday. I love the call. Elijah, you're a beautiful man. And uh if Spags was a gentleman, he'd offer to give you the biggest wet kiss of your life. A <laughs> real Mar- <laughs> you slop it on, you get a little of that gravy in your mouth and you just go kiss it, go to town with some kissy kisses. <laughs> Well, we like to call him, Pete. Pete, you got another guy you want to offer up to the family? got a guy, all right. I got a guy everybody talks about. their Devonte Adams. They're Justin Jefferson. But how about Marquez Valdez Scantling? This guy's like a gazelle prancing down the streets of Venice, which is an image that everybody should have in their head. It's a classic, timeless image. He had 123 yards, one. Huddy. Ten targets. Ten targets. This guy is not a situational deep threat. This man deserves targets like he deserves a nice slice of za. Fresh off a Grammy's oven here. We're celebrating with the family. An Italian Christmas is coming true for Marquez Valdez. <laughs> now, now,
1: Pete, I know you're new to Italian culture. This is your real first exposure doing this bit. Not every Italian family has a wood-fired oven to make pizza in their home, especially not an elderly Italian woman who would be a nana's. I just feel like we need to keep that in mind. Also, "nona" no-no would be what we would say in the culture.
2: No, 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 no. I trust me. I look at this guy, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and he, uh, he has a wood-fire pizza in his future, a nice thin-cut slice. None of this, you know, greasy lasagna bullshit out of Chicago, okay? This is the good shit. Chicago known for their lasagnas, of course. Famous Chicago native Garfield brought it to the populace. Have you ever had Chicago pizza? No, that's fucking lasagna, okay? It's a disgrace. Give me the thinnest slice. I want it to basically melt in your mouth. I want it to be thin as paper. I don't know. I feel like Al Capone liked the nice bready pizza. Maybe
1: he's one of uh, the Italian guy. We like to hold in some degree of esteem. Uh, For me, you give me a pizza crust that's like
2: sitting on a couch. That's the kind of pizza I want to eat over in Chicago. It's true. It's true. Hey, hey, this is actually something I'm breaking news here. I did happen to uh, get something done, and uh, let's just say Jamal Agnew's sleeping with the fishes now, okay? It's time for my beautiful baby boy, LaVisca, to finally get four targets a game instead of three.
1: <laughs> my, don't I saw Jamal Agnew. He didn't hit his receiving prop yesterday. He didn't realize that he was injured, but that explains it better why he couldn't have come in. I did actually see one snap from the Jaguars portion of things, Peter, and you know what it was? It was LaVisca
2: Chenault fumbling pathetically before the first down. Please don't talk about that. That was not. And then he redeemed himself, okay? And now he's going to be a league winner. (laughs) I got another guy to welcome to the family as well, of course. They've got the red of Italian Italian culture in the
1: flag. You got the white here on this box. But you know what? Another green player is what I'm going to bring in. Jalen Hurts. And I'm not pandering to the locals here. No, no, no. I'm saying this guy, he's money. And that's why he's got those Kelly Green uniforms, because he hurts so good time and time again. 18 rushes. You don't see that from a QB very often, up. But we saw it yesterday, and I think that's the kind of thing you could see every week because, clearly, Nick Sirianni, another fellow paisan
2: model, and he's going to Jalen Hurts. He's saying, you know what? You can't throw this ball. We're not even going to try. You just run over and over and over again. I don't care that you're 150 pounds. Just keep running the ball, and there's no way that's ever going to stop working, Pete. He's still goddamn good, model. You no, know, it's not bad. It's not bad. But if you're going to welcome a greenie to the family, how about Miles Sanders, dude? Because I'm looking at these winning Millie makers lineups. I don't see Jalen Hurts in it. No, I see Miles Sanders. You might say he only scored eight points, but hey, the thesis of the play was he allowed you to win a million dollars. Welcome to the family, Miles Sanders miles sanders welcoming back taking some jordan howard dutch away, the way and that's
1: what we would like to see be there anybody else you got here should i go spin my pizza box and, ah no it's hard to keep it right <laughs> i broke the pop filter mama mia
2: no 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 let's go to the waiver wire oh let's go to the waiver pizza box down
1: and scene and then also the pizza pop filter not i got fucking crumbs everywhere <laughs> i should have cleared out the pizza box like i did in the hotel i didn't think of that Uh, do we
0: want to have the intro also serve as an outro to bookend or do we want it to just serve as an
1: intro? I mean, you had, was it Luke who did it for you? Yes. So Luke did the hard work. I feel like let's play it one more time.
2: Welcome to the family CD. Chefale, what balls on this guy, Shit. He's going to take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to the family. We're going to welcome you to the family. Get in here. Get in here. It's just the two toads.
1: In the way. Why are there two toads? Like, what? Luigi couldn't get in. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't look into that. I'm glad though that we you you Luke's did did the hard work. I presume you gave him a little bit of money under the table there, as we like to do in the community, and then we were playing it twice. We're gonna fucking run yeah. this. Play it one more time. Why not? No, no, no. We'll we'll say we
0: gotta. I, I say it's the intro and the outro every Monday. We can't, you know can't burn it down too
2: quick
1: oh honestly i feel like some of the old old uh like shock shock radio shows i'd listen to like i feel like Opie and anthony before they fucking both went off the rails like they would just play a bit 10 times in a row and part of me just wants to do that <laughs> just, for the sake of just ruin time. whatever goodwill and enjoyment that people had just by, by making their eyes bleed watching it over and over that's what the art is about feet, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but it is time of course we're to do the waiver wire snake draft here because uh it's because pickings are slim here heading into week 12 but uh some people out there Maybe some buys, maybe some guys you don't want to play in Thanksgiving. I I know you put this in the Fantasy Life newsletter, Pete, but uh, from our pal Roto Pat over at NBC Sports Edge, Pat Daugherty, uh, what was it, like a minus 72 plus minus for the teams that'll be playing on Thanksgiving this year? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, the teams playing on Thanksgiving went 0-6 with a minus 72 point differential.
1: So that is pretty brutal here, but that's what we're facing. So you got to go to the waiver wires perhaps to get away from some of these ugly matchups that'll be going on on Thanksgiving day, but we're going to go pick by pick here. And, and Pete, I feel like there's some interesting plays though. I do think the wrote of this article, we always consult with, uh, from our good pal, Sean Wallace, who I actually, I don't know, but I presume he's a good pal. Cause we, we reference and plug him every week. Um, I, the numbers here, there aren't a lot of guys above eighty percent availability. Wait.
0: You got back in because yeah, you I did. Used... I
1: figured out. I don't know why the password didn't work. Oh, last okay. Time, so but... maybe it was u- user it error have been user end. error, perhaps. Yeah.
0: No, I actually changed the password to get an advantage, and then when I felt so sorry for you,
1: I changed it back so you <laughs> could get it. A classic Pete bit, spiteful Pete. That's what we call you behind the scenes. But uh, do we want to maybe lower the percentage of leagues that guys have to be available in? Why? Well, why is Elijah Moore still rostered in forty percent of leagues? People were people were still stashing Elijah Moore. I, I guess I just felt like there weren't
0: a lot of guys that are actually good uh, that about, are available. I mean, this is this is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And if if the issue is we feel like it's slim picking, if we don't lower the threshold, because then it just makes it less actionable. It just we do less rounds.
1: Okay, All right, you know that's fair. All right, well I think we can get through. I think we can. Um, what MV, all right, I guess I'm going to go first here. Oh, you yeah, because you're going to take MVS. <laughs> There's one obvious one that I'm a little baffled by. Now that I'm seeing the number here, again, this of his article uh, from Sean Wallace is going to be a great one to help your, Sam Wallace, right? I'm, I'm saying, I got the wrong name here. Yeah. Um, from Sam Wallace here, not Sean Wallace. If I were a good friend, I would know that his name is Sam Wallace. But MVS, uh, after that day, we talked a lot about the air yards not paying off. And I do think that MVS, there's clearly a role for him here. And uh, I don't think I'm expecting him to always have that many targets to even get that many catches on the, on really four catches for MVS is asking a lot. But at this point, if you are struggling at receiver, if there's days where Devontae Adams gets double coverage, Aaron Jones misses a little more time than expected. I just feel like we could see one or two more big MVS games coming up in the next month. And I think to me, that's worth taking a flyer here. And he just should be available in a less than 3% of leagues. I think that's a, a crazy amount here in the Roto of his article so i'll say to me pete i think it should be mbs number one pick this week
0: all right i'm gonna uh, show you what a great fantasy analyst i am because i'm not even going to use a pick on here for my second pick this is how i am going to be so resourceful on my own so michael carter left with an ankle injury and kind of the vibe i got from reading the reports is that this could be you know a one to two week kind of absence thing and so i'm going to say ty johnson Um, he has been catching a lot of balls. Even when Michael Carter was starting to play well, he had a game where he had eight targets just two weeks ago. So I think Ty Johnson would catch a lot of balls, uh, from Joe Flacco as kind of the check down guy, if Michael Carter were to miss. And I think he's a pretty good speculative ad just to see how the week progresses. And, uh, he would be a great PPR start if Carter
1: is out. No, it's Coleman, huh? He's not going to get dusted off. need I
0: mean, I, sure. If you're in a if you're in a six team standard league uh, and you don't get points per reception, go for it.
1: All right, you get the turn here, of course, because we are doing snake draft style. So, who else would you take here for the waiver wires in week twelve?
0: Yeah, I'll do. Um... I mean, Traquan Smith uh, still available in virtually every league, which is kind of hilarious because he had a decent game and scored a touchdown last week and still no one was like, yeah, we just won't pick him up. But yeah, nine receptions for 108 yards and a score on 15 targets over his last two games. Um, And just without Kamara, the team is having to kind of come up with different ways to to move the ball. We'll have to see if Kamara suits up on Thursday, but that's kind of the nice thing about this play is you can pick up Smith and kind of see how you're feeling heading into Thursday night and you can abort and and throw him back into the pool if you want, or you can let him ride if you are short on options.
1: I think it's a reasonable one to go to, and I'm hoping you'll find this one to be a reasonable take as well. So Alex Collins is in Sam Wallace's article this week, but he's only available in about 49% or available in 51% of leagues. He's not available in the other 49%. But I do think Travis Homer, uh, he led the team in snaps in the uh, week 10. I don't have the updated snap counts on my data yet, but Travis Homer is more of the pass catching back anyway. And I think with the way Seattle's running it, there's a lot of worrying stats about them. I think I saw Pat Thorman or no, maybe Laura Rebs uh, tweeting about how they have the biggest play difference in the league because they're running so slow. Pete Carroll's running out of press conferences in a way that uh, hurts me as somebody who really had my best times in college because of his coaching. I think the, the the wheels are starting to fall off for the Seahawks organization, and as a, really the result here, Chris Carson, the neck. The next surgery he's going to have to have after uh, another weird Pete Carroll report saying that oh, his neck's just touch and go. He'll be fine. I, I just don't believe in anything with the seam right now, except that they're going to probably be playing from behind a good amount. And if Travis Homer is going to be a pass catching back, which I think he's shown more of a propensity for Pete, like I would take him not maybe not over Alex Collins, but I think he's definitely a, a 1B to Collins' 1A. This is normally where I start to... Um...
0: Start giving a pick and then remember that you have two picks, but I will say it's worth noting that DJ Dallas was operating ahead of Travis Homer had it was more carries guy. and targets. So the backfields in flux, I do think Homer probably has a more inside track to that role, but DJ Dallas, uh, might just be kind of more of the handcuff, uh, for Alex Collins, if he were to miss time.
1: Interesting observation. So that two ways to go there. I think, uh, you know, I was encouraged by seeing Homer having had more snaps than Collins a couple of weeks ago, but definitely could be a moving target. And as we talked about Pete Carroll, just not coaching up to you stuff the way that you'd like to see. So I think that's going to be your mileage may vary for both. Um, And I get one more pick here that Pete cannot take. And um, I will say Rondale Moore doesn't make the cut, apparently, 77%. I will take Nelson Aguilar. I did think that he was an interesting play last week. He ended up uh, being fairly useful, still has some touchdown equity and has had historically. That's been his main upside. And I do think at a certain point you are going to see teams start to figure out that Kendrick Bourne's not going to have the uh, massive plays he's had in a limited amount of snaps. We also seen Jacoby Myers have some touchdown regression recently in terms of just getting one. I guess it would be the positive regression he was due. But is still out there running enough routes sometimes running more routes than both those guys, definitely running more than Kedrick Bourne generally. And I feel like Aguilar uh, needs some more positive game scripts for the Patriots because they will run out that clock if they can. But if they're behind at all, or if Mac Jones puts them in a bad situation, I feel like Aguilar is more useful than he's currently being owned. It seems like he's available in 87% of leagues, which is uh, just too high to me. Um,
0: Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, all right, I will do... So it's gross, but I'll, I'll say Trey Sermon. Um, You know, I, I, he the team clearly doesn't trust him. You know He's been a healthy scratch. Uh, They drafted him highly and it just doesn't seem like it matters. Um, But if Eli Mitchell were to continue to miss time, they did give him um, 10 carries and they also were using him a little in the past game. He had kind of a wheel route down the sideline where he wasn't able to haul it in. So Trey Sermon, the reason I don't mind betting on it is kind of two reasons. One, we do see the late rookie surge a lot of times. And two, Shanahan has just been very fickle with kind of his usage and how he feels about these guys. We saw it with Brandon Ayuk. Where it's like we thought he was never going to get out of the doghouse. It could just be a lost season. And now Brandon Ayuk is playing basically all the snaps and producing fairly well. So I do think with the 49ers in particular, the light switch could turn on quickly. And so for that reason, I think Trey Sermon's like a decent stab just with how much kind of uncertainty there is in the backfield. And then I'll do another Saints player, uh, which doesn't sound fun, but Adam Troutman scored and he has at least six targets in four straight games, which is pretty good usage for tight ends. I mean, the tight ends just on that slate yesterday were atrocious. Uh, It was so bad. Um, So getting some of these guys, I mean, Dawson, uh, not Dawson Knox, Dan Arnold, who before had been like mm. the focal point of the Jags had zero targets. So anytime you can get these guys that are seeing a consistent amount of targets, uh, I think that's decent. So if you need a tight end, Troutman looks like the best one on the waivers.
1: No, I think it's a reasonable one. And Trevor Semien for whatever it's worth just. This- seems to hold on to this job in a way that I wouldn't have expected given the historical uh, love that Taysom Hill's gotten. So uh, if you see him in there, I think that you'll probably see more throwing and that's certainly going to could benefit a guy like Troutman uh, with nobody. There's no reinforcements coming with Michael Thomas out for the rest of the year. Um, I guess uh, I get, do I get one more? Did you took two there, right? Yeah. you took two. I did too. Um, All right. So I get one more pick here and this is where it gets ugly. Pete, (laughs) not a lot of guys jumping out. It seems like Jack Doyle's here on this article. I don't don't think that's a way that I would want to go. Um, I would take a flyer on Tyler Johnson right now. I feel like the Antonio uh, Brown stuff is weird enough. And Tyler Johnson still not, uh, certainly didn't prove that he deserves more run, given that Antonio Brown was clearly much better in the same role that Tyler Johnson's had. But he's available. And I do feel like there's some pathway where Gronk coming back in today, maybe the back injury doesn't quite get to where it needs to be. And Antonio Brown, if that Vax card is fake, uh, there's been enough signs that maybe it's not the case. And perhaps that personal chef reported him to the media uh, was actually just snitching in a way to make him look bad. And it's believable, enough it's antonio brown but I do think if brown ends up missing more time he's also old enough that it's possible you just see a missed time and and brady too we talked about it a few weeks ago if brady's chasing this mvp you can find him just continue to pass in spots where normally the bucks probably wouldn't pass i think that could benefit a guy like tyler johnson if things break the right way but you know it's kind of slim pickings i feel like and i'm stretching here for tyler johnson
0: uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, he's priced up on the showdown slate tonight mm-hmm. at, uh, at 5,000 and, you know, kind of the thesis with the bucks wide receivers too, was like, if one of them ever got hurt, you know, things would really condense. And then we see that with Godwin and Evans. Um, so if AB misses in the same way, it's like, okay, you know, you know, or, uh, chase Edmonds is down now who's the backup to James Connor. You know, I think in that same regard, you think of Tyler Johnson now as the handcuff where if you had both of say Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown out, like all of a sudden Tyler Johnson is running every single route as the Chris Godwin. So I think, I think of him almost like a handcuff wide receiver where you probably wouldn't do that in a lot of situations, but the bucks are probably one of the few passing situations where Tyler Johnson would be, you know, a top 30 wide receiver each week if both AB and another one of those wide receivers were out.
1: Yeah, I often talk about my color-coded spreadsheet that I still use and develop, and, and whatever has been a good way for me as a host over the years to always look and reference things. And uh, Tampa Bay, in terms of their pass rate, sixty-five point three percent of the time they are passing. That is about as green as can get, which means that they are doing that at a rate that not many other teams are even close to. And I think uh, that's going to continue here. And Tom Brady clearly proven a point, and still an MVP favorite now for good reason. That could benefit a guy like Tyler Johnson. Um, also FF Doom in the chat saying, imagine playing Dan Arnold over Master John Bates. That is true Pete, you did tout John Bates and while he didn't score the touchdown that Nana Pete would have liked on the uh, on our forecasting show our low probability crystal ball, uh, he did outscore Dan Arnold so Master Bates looking pretty good.
0: yeah, I mean, if you were getting you know two point three points from your you know punt tight end yesterday, you were absolutely crushing. had some John Bates, had
1: some David Njoku. get our two points and move on. Yep. So there you go. So good, a good victory there and a sad day for Dan Arnold and another guy too. I don't know why uh, they were the plus EV bets. So I'll stand by it, but I am actually now realizing I had overs on Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew. And I don't that you want to have multiple overs on the Jaguars being a thing you're really hedging your profitability on. When you went to
0: make those bets, did you whisper to yourself, I'm going to leverage Pete's fandom with these two picks?
1: <laughs> Honestly, maybe if I did, it would have worked out better, I think. Because then the world would have been like, yeah, of course, LaVisca Chenault's not going to do anything. So these guys. Are gonna... <laughs> like, uh, yeah, right for uh,
0: so, someone asked was darren waller in the millie maker winner i believe it was dawson knox i
1: believe uh, that's see. who it was. i honestly we stopped doing the millie maker bit because i just felt like uh, i i don't know i i don't know if you just if you disagree pete but i did feel like we ran that into the ground with <laughs> saying it was our our viewers oh, no. and listeners i forgot it was tommy tremble oh it, was it <laughs> yeah tommy, tommy tremble's had a weird year where he's been shockingly useful at various times 5.5 fantasy points for tommy tremble is enough bates would have outscored him Yes. So, uh,
0: no. Tommy Tremble had five point five. How many did Bates have?
1: Bates had three for thirty. So he would have had. Okay, like six.
0: that's yeah. wild. Yeah. So, the fags, listen to this lineup that won it. Zero correlation. Cam Newton, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Tommy Tremble, DeAndre Swift, Lions D. So the the Swift Lions D was the only correlation. I mean, kudos to that
1: person. I, I guess I Tommy Tremble
0: the stack Cam. Stack,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is a weird one, but I i, I guess uh, yeah, the the cam Tommy Tremble stack was one uh, I don't think we touted on the show, maybe Cooter Doodle did, maybe she was, like... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it happens. That was unbelievable, yeah, Millie Maker winning lineups. Uh, you can't really hold a lot of weight there. It's, sometimes it is just a random slot machine drawing that wins that million dollars, but won't be a random slot machine drawing tonight, I think, with the showdown of the Giants and Bucks. And and Pete, I feel like we actually have enough time to build a lineup today if you want to do it before we do our ride or die picks. I'd love to. I'd love to find a lineup,
0: uh, a contest rather, that is priced proportionately to how confident I will feel when we press submit.
1: So I presume you're going to put it in the the hundred dollar, the the two hundred dollar spy. Is that is that a thing?
0: Let me see what we got here. Um, all right, I found a good one. I think this one is, is pretty it good. Be the petty? So- is there? <laughs> Oh <laughs> no, I, mean, I would I would do the dive. I mean this is this is more of a quarter jukebox. No, let's 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 get some let's get some decent stakes on this bags
1: Okay, good. I mean at least like a play action would be. I feel like oh, I already maxed those two.
0: We'll do the three dollar play. <laughs> All
1: right, the pylon works. So a single entry lineup is what we'll be building here, and then we'll give our ride or die picks. And I a single entry, Pete. I think is going to be uh, a lot of people playing Tom Brady at captain. So I'll let you go first here. Who would you want to go with your first slot? Um, you're gonna let me have captain. Yeah, I mean, or you could pick a utility if you if you so desired.
0: That's really nice. That's really nice of you. Um,
1: what the show's all about. That's why you're my princess, Pete. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Chris Godwin captain. Okay, that's an interesting one. Chris Godwin looks like he'll be the second most owned according to Osmo's captain ownership projections, but still less than Tom Brady. Tom Brady only 14.2% according to Osmo. I don't know what Run the Sims has. Actually, I guess I could pull that up too. Yeah. But that's pretty low for Brady, I would think. Yeah, the
0: the best leverage captains that when I ran this stuff earlier, uh, and why I don't know why I didn't put them in, but Danny Dimes and Kadarius Tony actually look like the best captain plays right now relative to ownership.
1: That is an interesting one. I'm I mean, changing it.
0: I, I got to stick to the Sims. I'm going Danny dimes.
1: Okay. I like that move actually. I mean, I was, it was going to make my utility pick pretty obvious that Tom Brady has to be in there, but um, let's, let's hold off on that one. So I could get at least one guy who's somewhat fun in and uh, let's see which giants receiver. Cause we got to probably have at least one receiver. Um, Tony, ugh, Tony. I guess I'll take Kenny Galladay as my, as my receiver here in the utility spot in the flex spot well i think we can i think we can definitely stack up to uh pass catcher so i'm gonna toss tony in as well jones right. Galladay, tony and let's do the obvious i tom brady to me has to be in this lineup i just i find it hard to believe he's not in that winning lineup all right tom brady we're gonna have to save uh some money here um
0: let me see who's popping in the sims uh you Ooh, know who's showing Kyle up
1: rudolph
0: in- no we need it we need bucks but pass catchers let's do uh let's do geo at 1800 to save some money
1: okay that's reasonable yeah tyler johnson uh probably not the greatest showdown player maybe he is a great showdown player if the construction works but i don't feel the most confidence there <sighs> do we leave hmm. gronk looks probably the best here yeah I, th- I think it's gronk or you just go with a giant's onslaught and hope that brady spreads the ball around pretty well but i think yeah i think gronk's probably the move that's probably, that's probably pretty good. Cause most of the field is going to be playing,
0: you know, one of Evans or Godwin. Um, so that's mm-hmm. probably pretty unique and leaving 2600 on the table. Um, I don't hate it. The three threes are like you said, are generally not my favorite thing, but When you work together like this, sometimes you have to make sacrifices.
1: And I think, too, Geo theoretically scoring a touchdown, like he's not going to run it in. Like he's going to probably be catching that from Brady. And and that would take then one away from Evans or Godwin. So if he somehow gets two, Gronk gets one and has more yardage than you'd expect, there's a pathway for that lineup, I think. That's how that's how you tell yourself a story,
0: folks.
1: (laughs) Right. So let's do a ride or die for This one, the Giants have a 19 implied point total. Tampa Bay has got a 30.5 implied total. So an 11 and a half point line. That's pretty, pretty egregious here, Pete. But uh, you made the choices here when you were building a lineup. So who would you want as your actual showdown captain for a ride or die picks?
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be so disingenuous for me to, you know, pick a different captain than my ride or die there. It'd be almost like I was trying to cover the board and just trying to get a victory in one place and then forget the
1: other ever happened. So I will correlate it and say Daniel Jones is okay. my captain. That is, I appreciate your ethics as, as we've always talked about here, Pete, you are a foremost uh, ethical <laughs> in the industry that's what we're known for here on this show as well in general um and i will go with the guy that i would have chosen as captain i just think the 14 percent ownership that osmo has is not enough i think tom brady is the showdown captain yeah um do you want to tell people to pick up jonathan taylor in their leagues while you're at it <laughs> if jonathan Taylor is available in your league yeah you should pick him up <laughs> there's no question about that um it's totally unrelated you know what our most downloaded podcast episode ever was um i have no idea It was when we did last week, the injured guys who might win your fantasy league. Really? The guys that were out that we thought would come back and be useful. And I don't know why. I just like that was like an interesting angle that nobody's ever done before. (laughs) I I don't know what that, I don't know what to take away from it, but I saw it this weekend and was like, oh, that's an interesting fun fact.
0: Yeah. Well, next time, you know, when we plan out our content roadmap and all the SEO titles we want to do for the show, you know, the injured
1: players that are going to be league winners, uh, we got to go back to the well. I don't even know who it would be, like who would be the equivalent for this year? Like, I feel like last year there were a lot of obvious ones, but Derrick Henry might not make it back. Chris Carson, like, I don't even know who would be an injured guy that you could expect back at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think uh as well. I can't, I can't think. I don't know. Yeah, God, I mean, uh <laughs> you what he wants his money back because he subscribed for old lady skits. Old lady skits are
1: on Thursdays. Yes. old Mafia yeah, so- men is on Mondays. Yeah, what are we going to do? Are we going to, because I guess the show schedule, we talked about it a little bit. I also saw that uh, our pal, Mike Leone, more your pal, I will say, but I I also like Mike and think he does a great job. He's doing a drunk show tomorrow too. So like, I feel like the the drunk show competition for content is getting pretty competitive.
0: Yeah, I need to touch base, uh, but with, with those guys, but I assume we'll be doing merging with ship chasing on, on,
1: uh, on Wednesday. This is, this is, this is me merging with me (laughs) locking the hands together.
0: Yeah, the yeah. Unless you want to do, I also am open if you want to do the Thursday splash play show Wednesday like later afternoon. I can't do two thirty because that's when I do the swole cast on mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Um, but if you want to do, it it just depends if you want to do our proper show or if you just want to uh, do the do the hang with the ship chasing Bros on Thurs or on Wednesday night.
1: <laughs> well, how do they feel about doing old lady and gypsy accents? <laughs>
0: I mean, we will probably not do that. That's
1: why I'm saying if you want the old ladies and
0: our typical programming, we should do our own show. Otherwise, it'll just be a ship chasing hang.
1: All right, chat, what do you think here? Should we do like a drunky show? Pete's going to be hitting the bottle pretty hard throughout the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think I'm open to hearing what people would like to do because I know people do enjoy it. Like we had Nana Pete's debut setting the world on fire. Now we're going to take it away Imagine drunk Nana Pete (laughs) because that's what it would be people saying drunk show though i guess it would still technically be a drunk show with just us too either will be drunk shows the 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 decision you're making is do you want
0: the typical thursday programming on wednesday or do you just want to have spags join us for a ship chasing uh hang that won't feature any of the bits you've come to know and love on splash play all right guys i'm gonna be drunk no matter what that's not what we're debating (laughs)
1: They want wait. well, lifted Pete would be you getting baked, which if, I <laughs> if anybody I missed the pizza that show, anymore. that was, that was both of us <laughs> fairly big. Okay, well,
0: so that actually I can get lifted. I just can't crossfade. Crossfade is where <laughs> really bad things happen. And my wife gets very upset with me or my alter ego who got crossfaded <laughs> back in April. Um, so yes, you
1: could get lifted Pete. You can get drunk Pete, but you could not get crossfaded Pete. James O'Day saying ship. Willis, our accountant, saying he wants a regular show. Tyler wants the ship chasing crossover, but this is not, this is not helpful for a tiebreaker. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll huddle. Clearly, uh, uh mythology saying, I think the, maybe the most logical answer saying less work, it's holiday week. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what? I always say to those Spags, do what you love, AKA getting drunk and talking like an old lady and you'll never work a day in your
1: life a very specific niche we've carved out for, for ourselves on this little show of ours. So make sure you are following at Splash Play Pod. Of course, that is where you'll find out what the final decision is. We will put a tweet out either way, I'm sure, on Wednesday. Make sure to go also to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. As you can tell, they're about as proud of this show as anything. And I, I can only imagine that's the case. So go check it out. Pack for 99 cents a week on there. Don't wait for DK notifications. Go get the data yourself for DVOA where you can find all the matchups, defense versus receivers, offensive DVOA defensive DVOA here's value over replacement everywhere so go check it out footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and uh pete any people james saying now he wants the man's on too uh, we're just taking requests like a like a dj show Freebird.
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah i'll be back tonight at 7 30 to do uh
1: a showdown cram And I'll be refreshing positive EV pages and placing bets willy-nilly in the hopes to dig myself back into a positive ROI. But make sure to follow at Peter Overzet, follow at Chris Spaggs, follow at Splash Play Pod, and, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channels. And hit the like button, too. I don't think I asked for likes at all today, but it does help us out a bunch here on Peach Channel, on the Splash Play Channel as well. And, hey, if you're feeling real generous because it is a holiday week, five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts would be pretty sick, I think, to do. Um, Oh, also, we have to do lowball, too. Yeah, we we might have to do just our own show. We have too many things now that we do. that's that was the point i was trying to make no you uh, make a great point pete that i didn't fully <laughs> i just want to hang out with gretchen pat that's the issue it's like i, I mean the, the other
0: option would be to kind of like basically kind of merge our thursday stuff into the friday show and do like a, a little bit longer friday show or what were you doing i
1: didn't even know we we're doing a friday show i thought you might be just jerking uh, off
0: Um, I do, I do tend to have a long jerk off session the Friday after Thanksgiving. So I do appreciate you being considerate of that. I like to have my leftovers and then, you know, get the lube and then just kind of whack it for about an hour and a half. And then well, I when, put up my Christmas lights. It's just kind of yeah. something I do every year.
1: No better jerk off than when you're a high off tryptophan. And then you, you kind of, maybe you get a little bit of a cholesterol clogging. You can't even feel your arms. It's like getting a stranger at the same time. All right. Well, I mean, this,
0: this bat, you know, behind the scenes production meeting has just been a disaster. So Spags and I clearly need to talk and get on the same page.
1: And we will figure that out. So five that at Splash play pod and you will find out, of course, the deposit kingdom as well down in the description. You can find out in there uh, when we make our decision. But we appreciate you guys for watching and we'll see you guys again soon. Bye.